welcome, welcome to everyone that that's listening for the first time. Uh, my name is Benjamin Finnegan. I'm here with Trousty. Trousty. Trousty Thor. Let me, see, let me hear you pronounce it real quick. Oh yeah. It, do you want to say that in Icelandic for me? Yes. Trusty Thor Thorstens. Yeah, I. I, it's up to you. I don't know how to say that, but um, that that is his name. His middle name is actually Thor, like from the Avengers. Um, so well, not from the Avengers, but it is Thor, indeed. Yeah. Well, well, he's he's Icelandic, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, correct. So, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I guess for an introduction to people that don't know who you are. Yes. So, I'm Trousy. I run for Wagner. I'm sorry, with Benjamin Finnegan. You run at Wagner as well. Uh, well, not we technically. Over, I not used to run at Wagner. That's correct. Should we go over our PRs and why we are? Why we're making a about podcast running, about running? Yeah, we're not seven minute milers. I, I will tell you that right now. Anymore? Anymore? I, honestly, if you are a seven minute miler, there's hope. There is. Everyone there starts is. somewhere. Remember that. We have um, seen it all. So, it, it, why don't we hit a, hit him with the big guns? What is your current mile PR? Current mile PR would be four minutes and four seconds and eleven milliseconds. Unfortunately. Oh wow! And and for all of you people out there, that is the current indoor Icelandic national record, the fastest indoor mile ever from someone from Iceland. Indoors, yes. Indoors. 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 Outdoors, no. Outdoors, no. So still today, it's not the quickest mile, but I'm gonna throw that back at you, Ben. What is your quickest mile? Okay, I. I'm a little, not embarrassed. My quickest mile is 4.11 something. I've run 4.11 like five times, but I tell everyone my 1,500 time, which I think officially converts to a 4.08. Um, what is your fastest 1,500 meter time? 350.7 something. Um, from when? From when? Yes. My junior year of college. So that was like almost three and a half, four years ago now. Something like that. Yeah. Craziness. A lot of pause. What about your other PRs? So no honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I, I guess one fifty two and and like eight twenty something, eight twenty eight. I think. Um, so nothing like too crazy. What, your three k is what eight sixteen. Right. So yeah, just to give it the rundown, it would be one fifty three still, which I'm unfortunately not proud of. And then four off a mile, eight sixteen for the three k, and uh, a twenty nine forty nine for the ten k. Oh god, we have to talk about this ten k. Um, I've been hearing a lot of smack about the Northeast Regional 2019 Cross Country 10K. I it was, was controversial. There for it. it was controversial. Controversial to say the least. I mean, a night before the decision was made to move it onto the road, and wow, the, the coaches' meeting was something special. I don't know why I was there. I wasn't a coach. Uh, I snuck in. Decision was made nonetheless. Yeah, it was on the road and uh, the clock read 29.49. So I'm still going to run with that. What it, what place were you? I was 45th, I believe. I was top 50. So winner at that race must have been, I can't even remember, 28, 28 high. Was it Tuntave, the, the Harvard runner? It, or? Was, it was Masai. Masai from, and then uh, Tuntave, right? Yes, yeah, from Hofstra. Yeah, that guy's quick quick there was so many sub 30 minute 10ks which is why it was controversial there was a lot of doubts of the course there was a lot of doubts of why that decision was made and like if it was short or not but um we we, we will have to talk about this later because that brings up the vapor fly next percent exactly controversy it was during the heat of that conversation yeah um and which it, now i think as of a month ago they're banned on the track yes i believe so. yeah 
Yeah, but it, ago, and there's yeah. a certain stack height. So I, I don't know what exactly that is. Someone was trying to tell me that like there's a few trainers that you could wear, but nothing nothing like bigger than like an inch or two of, of foam. Yeah, they are reaching with the foam nowadays. They are like milking it a lot. But that that is definitely a road racer at the moment. But on the track, no, it is not allowed. Mm. All right, so so let's talk about your road to the NCAA. You you came here from Iceland to Wagner in what, what year? 2017. I came in 2018, so my 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 road was not the same as uh, anyone else's. Probably, oh, it was different to a lot of people. Everyone has a unique road, but it was 2018 in January, so it was like mid year. So that was already weird because I came um, during indoors, indoors track and field, the way that the season is set up. Uh, in the NCAA so um, came in mid-year because of the differences in how the schooling system is set up at home so came in and right into the deep end into indoor track and field. And you were coming in you were just a pure 800 guy so th- think about this he he came in as just an 800 guy and now he's ripping NCAA 10ks like less than two years later. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes for a lot of people. I guess in, in high school, I was definitely low low on the mileage and scared of the mileage. I was scared of those longer events. I thought they were not for me and I would never do them. But, you know, that's kind of that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I, I'm very similar. I, I was pretty I think I was doing like less than 30 miles a week for a lot of high school. And I thought I would never go over the mile like the 5K was just difficult. And and as you get older, it, it seems to be so much easier to run longer distance once you get those like miles under your legs. I think it's I think it's important to, for anyone to kind of not limit themselves in that regards, because I definitely did not think I was going to be running the mile, let alone the 10K. So but that's just kind of how you how it goes. And you can develop in ways that you you never knew it was going to happen. So it's, it's important not to limit yourselves to one event and think you're one specific kind of runner because your your muscles develop and, and the more you change your training when you go into college, this happens a lot. Oh, you yeah. See it all it, the time. College training is is something way different than what most kids are doing in high school. I know like some of those top guys, the ones that are like trying to crack four are doing some crazy stuff. But for the most part, like I feel like a lot of people that come into college are doing very low mileage, very simple workouts. And and when they do hit this like NCAA system, their bodies go through a little bit of a shock. But once they correct it and, and kind of get past that, like that's where these people excel. Yes. And I feel like a lot of, you know, from experience, I feel like a lot of high school students come into college and they kind of think that they have it figured out with both kind of whether it's training or what kind of runner they are. I think they kind of limit themselves to, oh, I'm a distance runner. or I'm a sprinter and they won't kind of dabble in in between. But it's important to, to know that you can that can vary a lot and you can you can find yourself excelling in events that you, you know, you didn't know was possible. But my ride was different. I was definitely an 800 meter guy, the half mile. That was my events. That was what I came to college to do. Um, turned out I was better in the mile, which is what my event would be in now, I guess. But um, but what about you? Like you came from New Hampshire, which is also in the middle of nowhere. New Hampshire is not in the middle of nowhere. We get into this argument all the time. He, I think, what, what's the population of Iceland? That would be three hundred and seventy thousand. Three hundred and seventy thousand. The population of New Hampshire, one of like the smallest states in the country, is a mill or just over a mill. So I am not from the middle of nowhere, Thor. Um, <laughs> but we ended up both in New York. So we did end up. We York, both ended up uh, in Shaolin, Staten Island. All right. Compared to New York City, we are both from the absolute middle of nowhere, and I'm sure we both get asked the question all the time, like how. How did you end up here? What food do they have in New Hampshire? What food? Like, how do you survive the winter? Like, you know, I've heard it all, but 
Somehow we both ended up here at Wagner College. How did I get here, you want to know? How did you go? How did I get Oh, that, that's a long story. It, personally, for me, I, I was running at a different school for undergrad, Mount St. Mary's University in Maryland, which is in the same conference as Wagner. So I knew Thor before I actually knew him. Um, there, there is a story. We'll, we'll save it for another time. But um, Trusty did, did me dirty in a race once. Um, I don't want to talk. I'm not ready. I'm still healing from this, but I'm, <laughs> we'll eventually talk about it. But uh, I graduated, didn't know what I wanted to do per usual. Um, and I had the opportunity. Jonathan Besslink, one of our old teammates, reached out to me immediately after my season finished while I was on the ride home and was like, what are you doing, sir? And I said, no clue. And um, right after that, we just got the ball rolling. I applied for my master's. I, I think I had already taken all the exams and stuff to, to get into a master's program, but uh, contacted Coach Stacy. Bless Coach Stacy. Both of us uh, love Stacy. We'll, we'll talk about him at some point, I'm sure, too. Um, and he was he was all in. I, one of the interesting things was I only had indoor eligibility, but uh, he was all in for it because we didn't think we had a really a shot at winning outdoor from a point spread perspective. Um, and our distance team, we were just going to stack for indoor and see how many points we could get. And um, we we did really well. I, I'm we can talk about championships later, I guess, maybe in another podcast. But the last year was an amazing year for Wagner. Two. Two historic wins is what well, I'll so say. Also, if anyone does not know, it's set up, obviously, the three season. We've got cross country going from August until December, November. Then after that, you got indoor track and field, and then you got outdoor track and field, and it's all set up in the year. And you kind of, you try and peak for every single season. And each season, you have those conferences, which is what we aim for. And it so happened that we were in the same conference, Mount St. Mary's and uh, Wagner, and the Northeast Conference and we're racing each other, but why did you choose Wagner? Like, was that the only place that you were looking at? Honestly, for the most part, yeah. I I was contemplating getting a job, which I'm so thankful I did not. I, I've had so much fun here, but Wagner seemed like an amazing opportunity. From I'll, I'll briefly touch on like academics and stuff. We have like a great business program, and we're in New York City. Like, name a better place to do business. You can't. New York City's the best. Um, and then obviously a biggest one of the biggest factors was training partners like Trosty and, and Jonathan Besselink and um, one of our other teammates Robbie and, and Will Cuthbertson we, we have such an elite squad or had such an elite squad and we still do um, and I was so excited to start training like training with a 404 miler not many small schools have that so so that was the one thing that really attracted me to Wagner College yeah I mean yeah we definitely for a small school have a have a, a great program and a great training program at the moment and like training partners. So we're very lucky with that. Um, but you're in a unique situation now. So the season has obviously ended for us and you are graduated technically. So you came here for grad school. Yeah. And I'm doing a second year here to finish up my master's. And so you were in the unique position of graduating without your eligibility, meaning that you cannot contend anymore in the NCAA but you still have ambitions running. Mm -hmm. So where does that, where does that lead you to? So that, that leads me in a weird place. I, I'm currently training with the men's team. Um, over the summer, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just running. Then I got hurt and I started running again and then got hurt again. And, and I was just in limbo of where and what I wanted to do. But now being back at school here, 
I work for the college uh, and I'm obviously still taking classes. I, I just was like, why not continue training? And uh, Coach Stacy, our coach is planning on starting a track club. And so I guess I'm in a weird limbo area where to go pro in, in running is very difficult. Very difficult. You need like you would need to be top in the NCAA or win NCAA, I think, in your event. And you just need to be super marketable. Like even a 357 miler can't even get a contract sometimes. You got to get a shoe contract and then you got you to gotta explore other contract options. So, so running professionally was definitely not an option for me. Um, but running semi-pro is an option. And that, that's the route I'm exploring right now is, is what it semi-pro means is just like I could join a track club on the road as well. Yeah, on the, road, on the road. And um and essentially just get free gear, I guess, and and have people pay for my entries and then win some prize money. Nothing serious. I'm going to have to have a regular job, which I have right now, but I still get the opportunity to run and and be with teammates and and kind of compete, which I love doing. So, a lot of it is is still having the opportunity to be in that environment where you're kind of in that great group where everyone is pushing each other and and running is is full time essentially so just having that kind of platform um in itself that kind of environment and you have the facilities and everything and and you were definitely in a weird limbo which i hear all the time which is when kind of you know semi-elite athletes are graduating and they they're in the top whatever percent like they are fantastic and like they still have the same ambitions as the top level but it's just the competitiveness of the ncaa and the, the competitiveness of getting those shoe contracts and and the you know there's certain i guess marketing around it and all kinds of, you have to like stand out and that's difficult in its own just making money as a runner but you have those ambitions so it's like how do you how do you go about that and that's definitely difficult definitely a difficult thing to do yeah it's definitely a unique one and i'm figuring it out as i go along but i love the journey right now everything's great so that's what that brings me to you right now what what is thor doing thor is currently training i'll let him speak in a second but what is your mileage and then after this year, what, what's going on with eligibility-wise for you? And then after that, what are your current goals and plans? So <clears throat> eligibility is weird for everyone at the moment who's in the NCAA. Everyone got that blanket waiver season, which, you know, when the coronavirus happened, everyone got lost their outdoor season, no matter what event they were doing. So I definitely have that, which gives me an opportunity to run after college, which is ultimately what a lot of athletes will end up doing and we'll see a lot of the time. Um, maybe extending their collegiate careers longer than they atten- intended to, which is ultimately great. Um, that's what I'm looking at long term for sure. Short term, it's a weird situation for runners to be in because you don't know when you're going to race again. I know that I'm getting back into shape. I was working as hard as ever. I, you know, as a runner, you definitely you can never let off the gas pedal. That's that's for sure. Like you can never. It's it's all the time. It's consistently so. Um, that was it for me. So we're coming off a summer where I was hitting between 70 and 90 miles. So I'm in that kind of mid high mileage section of, of distance runners where I'm not, not cracking a hundred miles like a lot of people are doing, but you know, 90 was a new level for me and what I wanted to, when you kind of have this opportunity to, you have a lot of time, you're not going to compete for a while. You can try things out. So I did 90 miles and I'm going to see how that, how that, what that does for my base, what that does for speed. So it's just a time of like testing, but it's weird because we don't know when we're going to able to, when we are going to be able to compete again. 
So that's the main thing. So I'm trying to stay in shape and be ready because as we know, there's going to be a lot of athletes that won't be ready that are going to kind of, they love, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to, to keep focused. So the only thing that you can do is, is uh, make sure that you stay on it and kind of not think about anything else. It's ultimately about the day that's ahead of you and like, what are you going to make of that? Um, and then we'll see how it, how it goes. You know, they're talking about cross country coming up in, in the winter. Yeah. March 15th, I think they have, going to, they're planning on a, a championship. So I don't know what the, the final word on that is, but we'll see. Yes. So they are still talking about at the moment, the news just came out a couple days ago, essentially that the NCAA, um, is going to plan on having cross country championships in March, which would mean that cross country championships would roll from january till march which is funny because i think march 15th was like the day that everything kind of hit the fan and you had mentioned corona i want to go back to that we might be in the presence of the fastest corona mile ever we so i'm not sure all of us got sick right before everything was canceled i was probably the most ill i've been in like 10 years fever cough everything all of our teammates, same thing. And one of our teammates, I think, got tested positive for the or tested positive for the antibodies. Correct? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he he ultimately he had the coronavirus. He had the that coronavirus. Was so the rest of us, that's all conspiracy. But um, we ran the mile. Yes. We, so we were closing off our indoor season at the IC4A Championships in Boston, which for anyone who doesn't know, like Boston University has the most fantastic facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely an event that you want to do well as so the timing was not great it was your final race oh yeah my final race mid corona <laughs> yes <laughs> Wait, what did you you ran what 4 11 it was not it was it was 4 10 it was 4 10 okay was sorry i i did if you just saw trusty's face right there he was very disappointed with it i believe it was 4 10 i couldn't even tell you the the, the, splits? Fi- the splits because i didn't look at the clock i was so upset okay yeah, it, both of us were in that very upset period where, like, I neither of us said anything to each other. We were just so disappointed. Uh, me, on the other hand, I think I ran 4.18. I haven't even looked at the final time. I do know, it, I will say that it was a negative split race. I probably went, like, 2.03 or something to close out. So we maybe went out in, like, 2.14, 2.15, some, some area around there. But terrible. I couldn't move. I literally couldn't breathe. It was, it was, yeah, and that that's why we were cons- we had this conspiracy theories because we all felt so bad at the same time, at yeah. the same time, and it was the same kind of feeling of like we could not, we were doing the same, we were doing the exact same tactics as we had done all season that had led to a championship of the Northeast Conference. But Will, Will Cuthbertson, a one fifty eight hundred runner, we many speculated he would go one forty eight. Our teammate, one fifty seven. I've never seen someone move backwards before. That someone in that good of shape runs so slow. Yeah, a seven-second drop off in that. Corona is, knocked him on his butt. He was sleeping just during the day, all day. You talk about negative split. Mine was not even. It wasn't even negative split. There was nothing. It, I just had nothing to give, yeah. which was the feeling amongst all of us during that Boston race. It was, it's, which was frustrating. It was literally our final race of the season. So. That was in March and we are currently in September. So that entire period has gone without a race and we have not been able to correct that. Yeah, that, crazy. So so let's transition here, some more fun stuff, a little bit outside of running and maybe we'll bring it back to running. Music, what are you listening to right now? 
Right now? Yeah, right now. Right now. Right right now. I'm still listening to a lot of the Juice World album. Oh, the Juice World, R.I.P. Juice. He's consistent. R.I.P. He's consistently on my phone. The number of artists that have died in the past year, I cannot believe. I know. It's it's. We lost Juice. We lost Pop. Those are the two artists, by the way, that I'm listening to right now. So ironically, like they're not with us, which which is terrible. But uh, who else have we lost? We lost Mac Miller. Mac that Miller. was about a year ago. I was ago. gonna say Mac Miller's also on my phone a lot. Yeah. That's um, what I'm listening to. Anyone else? Obviously X. Oh, X. Oh, man. We, You're a big X fan too. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a lot of artists have passed. But actually, what do you listen to? What would the music be that you put on your phone when you're about to race? Right now, something that I've been... The, the pump-up song, you mean? Yes. The, what gets me hype? What's what, what wants me to put my head through a wall? What is your pop-up song? My pop-up song? What is your pump-up song? My pump-up song. I'm currently Element by Pop Smoke. When you max that out in my AirPod Pros, I start like hitting myself in the face. I get so hyped. <laughs> the first line is like, what? How, how does it go? It's like... You tell me. I don't know. Um, something, something I'm in my element, and then I just I go off. It's crazy. That was most certainly not the song you were listening to in Boston. I'll tell you that. You remember what song I was listening to in Boston? No, but I saw your time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. We'll transition a little, a little more back to running then. Uh, so I don't know if you saw. We we had just briefly looked at this. The Travis Scott Mile. Did you you saw this with me, right? I just saw the thumbnail. Yes. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Nick Simmons uh, taking. If you guys don't know who Nick Simmons is, he he is a, uh, a two-time Olympian. Two-time Olympian. I think fifth he, at the 800 meters in 2012 at London. 142 Olympics. low PR, something yes. like that. Yeah. He so he now does crazy YouTube challenges like every other runner out there. Um, the Travis Scott Mile. So Travis Scott released a burger combo with mcdonald's it's i think medium fries it's trending right now on tiktok yeah trending right now on tiktok it's big at the time of recording this podcast like you can drive up to a mcdonald's drive through and be like it's lit or you know what it is and they'll just give you the travis scott meal i think it's sprite with extra ice a burger like a, a quarter pounder with like bacon and medium fries or something i couldn't tell you because i am vegetarian as you know buzz they that will be Buzz. a new. That will be another topic of conversation. I'm. I'm curious. Writing that down now. Vegetarian Trosty. Why is he so good? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but nevertheless, they are doing the Travis Scott Mile. Yeah. I, so you every lap, you wait. That I only named three things, right? What is there a fourth one? They had. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't oh, tell you. I, I guess we'll we'll have to watch it in in uh, in all, but. It, what do you think you could do? It, in the Travis Scott In the but, Travis Scott mile. Every lap you're you're eating or consuming something and you're running one mile. Given that it's beyond meat, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, we will replace your burger with a beyond meat burger. Well, we just had we just saw a glimpse of Nick Simmons, who is an Olympian run eleven minutes. Yeah, I but think, he is a retired Olympian and he's a very out of shape retired he is Olympian. He's looking thick right now. He's looking thick. So uh, given I would give myself like he ran 11 minutes. I think I could shave two minutes off that time. Okay. No. I was thinking four for myself personally. I, I think don't know. seven flat. You eat very quick. No, I eat very slow. I consume liquid fast though. 
So so the uh, the ice is that evens the, out. The spraced ice is going down ultra fast. Now, what do you think you can run in the? It's one of those new challenges. Obviously, the beer mile is one of the most iconic races, and it's debated all the time. The current world record in the beer mile would be four minutes and thirty three seconds. Speaking, oh, sorry, of, I'm speaking currently of, <laughs> googling the top one hundred times because I think I could crack it. Well, it, Corey Bellamore has the the top four thirty three. He has the top four fastest times ever. We're lo- I'm scrolling through the list right now. One hundredth is five nineteen point three three. That's fast. Benjamin Finnegan c- could crack that. That might be your next opportunity. I know. I, and now that I'm not in like the collegiate system, I don't feel bad. Consume. I don't drink though. That's my problem. I've done an 800 with Sprite. I believe I was sub three. Um, just like a Sprite smart, a Sprite 800. A Sprite 800. It was a it was a two by 800 Sprite relay. My team won by like three minutes. I was much better than everyone else. All came down to liquid consumption. How fast you could get it down. Yeah. People were taking 30 to 40 seconds to consume a Sprite. I put it away in in 12. It's not the running. It's. It is. Well, once you consume the second one, you get 100 meters in, and I've never released so much gas from my mouth. It, the, lar- the loudest burp of my life. Imagine shaking two cans of Sprite in your stomach, and it's just like that, need- that CO2 needs to go somewhere. And now that's why that, people throw up. Now it's- doing that with caffeinated beer what? must be another level. Caffeinated beer? The beer has caffeination in it. No, caffeinate, carbonation. Oh, ca- carbonated beer. Oh, wow. Beer. I thought I was having a stroke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Doing that with carbonated beer. Well, let's talk about caffeination then. Let's let's sidetrack to that. Nick Simmons has run gum. How much do you believe in caffeination and running? You think that's you think there's a big correlation? Like what percent increase in time and like effort does it give you? I I would give it now I'm a big caffeine person but huge I would, i've seen this kid <laughs> consume red bull at 12 p.m the night before a race and knock this is irrelevant but <laughs> i would give it a 0.5 percent increase maybe 0.5 yes. i'm thinking i honestly think one to two it depends on the the distance though. i think it's obviously all, a 200 isn't going to affect you that much i think there's no definite answer because i think it's all subjective i think it's all mental that would be my take on it i think it's all mental so i believe it depends depends on the person for me i do caffeine only sustains my energy i <laughs> i i wake up if i don't have caffeine let's put it that way if i do not have caffeine i crash but I do. It does not hype me up. It does not get me on my toes any more than I would with adrenaline. So, for me, I would give it a 0.5 percent. But for other people, it might be more. Wait, hold hold up. So before our 6:30 workouts, are you drinking anything? I drink coffee, but again, it's because it's part of my routine, and I would not okay. want to mess up. All right, and interesting. Um, but but it's difficult with coffee because what do you do? Because it's it sits in your stomach, doesn't it? Yeah. I so when I drink coffee, I have to have like some sort of like basic food like a, the nutri valley uh nature valley bars. or nature valley bar sorry peanut butter that is my go-to that's kind of heavy on the i cannot eat before and everyone's different with this and everyone needs to it's it's at the end of the day it's like trial and error like the more the, the further you get into your career the better you get at this and there are definitely races you can almost like throw by not 
um, knowing your body well enough, like consuming stuff that you shouldn't have the day of or whatever that may be. People make mistakes like this all the time. They eat too much, they eat too little, like they eat too heavy, whatever it may be. Spe- speaking of throwing races, what is the worst race in your collegiate career? I Oh, his, his face. After my co- collegiate, collegiate career. Yeah, your collegiate career. Mine's pretty bad. I, do you want me to start with mine? Yeah, you saw it. We traveled. It, this is the first time we had ever flown anywhere in undergrad, uh, to, all the way to Notre Dame, which was like a six-hour flight. Um, I got there. It, this actually has to do with caffeine, which is the funniest part. I got there, and I was like, I want to go off at Notre Dame. I want to show that this little, like runner that's being capped on because i thought everyone was hating on me when i was like a a junior in college could run something fast up against these notre dame kids i consumed like six coffees that day (laughs) thinking that i was going to pop smoke my head right through the wall and and run like 2350 in the 8k i went through mile one in like 504 and let me tell you i've never felt so fatigued in my life I, there was a kid that I passed at like mile three that was walking. I don't know how. The funniest part about this race is I recruited a kid that ended up going to Notre Dame. He was like one of my, um, he was one of my like recruits. Uh, He like stayed in my room. So I I didn't, I hadn't seen him in years. Hadn't talked to him in a year or two. And I'm running in dead last, like pretty much jogging. I'm running like 730 pace. And I see this kid, he's like, Come on, Ben. You've got it. Come on, Ben. That is the most embarrassing moment of my life. I think I ran 33 minutes for 8K, which no, pl- no one, please do do not do the math on that. That is like eight minute mile pace. Cross, cross country is tough because if you have a bad race, you have a bad race. It can get ugly quick. That's the that's the problem with the distance, and that's why people are scared of the distance events. But you get better at them. Like the more you run them, obviously you learn how to pace and everything. Um, well, that that's worse than mine. I, <laughs> oh, thank you. I my worst race must be because given everything, it must be in 2018 outdoors. Um, the championships of the Northeast Conference. Um, it was not. It, I was so I made the final, and I ran about 156 to get into the final, mm-hmm. and. I had high hopes for myself because, again, that was my event at the time. So I had high hopes and I was looking at maybe top three in the conference, but I had no stature at the time. But So this race was weird because the clock was off. And I, I, for some reason, I believed the clock when, I, when we went through 400 and I saw 55, but I was at the back of the pack because I thought they were quick, but it was 59. And then I closed in the 60 to have a cold 159. Oof. And it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And that was for seventh place at the time, oh, which um, some people, I guess, would be happy with. But yeah. given everything, because I had expectations for myself and other people as well, I had to look them in the eye when I was walking off the oh, off man. the track and in seventh place. I, I remember this race so vividly because my teammate had gotten like, he got edged out for like second or something. But the clock showed like 147. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. My teammate is much better than me. I, I like sh- was shedding tears. I was like, I'm, I'm the worst runner at our school now. <laughs> we, he just ran 147. And it, 
it was believable for some reason. Yeah, the clock was off. It was a weird thing. Because the and winner, they... I think it was uh, Guerrera. He his PR is like one forty. Trevor Guerrera. Yeah, Trevor Guerrera. He runs one forty nine. So like him being at one forty seven wasn't completely ludicrous. Yeah, but the, it was weird. Also, the gun went off and it was it failed. So it was a complete mess. The whole race, it was raining. It was. Oh, oh, it was nasty weather. It's never been nice weather at our conference meets. Never, no. Yeah, never. let's talk about. I feel like every time you and I have raced, it's just been terrible for for one of us. For one of us, and or both of us in terms of weather too. In weather, yes, but um, like our, our cross country championships, the year we raced against each other, and you won that year. It was monsooning, maybe. What I would say, like five degrees Celsius, thirty something degrees Fahrenheit. If that, it was it was cold. It was raining. It was muddy. So for anyone who's ran the Bryant course, it's muddy. It's a soccer field for the majority of it. Yeah. And then you a lot of that, turns. It's a lot of turns, and it was because we ran after the women, so it had already been kind of cut up. It was mm-hmm. it was torn up a little bit, and a lot of people were flying. We saw people, we saw bodies flying. Right I saw at the start. A, a, like a three forty seven fifteen hundred runner take a take a fall and slide like twenty feet while looking up at me, and I, I hurdled his sliding body. It was it was grim. It was absolutely grim. But I think you know, for me, I had no worries because first of all, those are my conditions. Because again, I'm Icelandic. You're from Iceland, ain't it? I'm Icelandic. <laughs> that is correct. I'm Icelandic, so. The only thing that was going through my head was this is going to benefit me more than anyone else. And I know a lot of people are going to fold. So many people are going to fold, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I, I think the key, my team actually won that championship. And I think the key, I was, I was like the leader of that program too. And so I think the key was thinking or like convincing yourself that it was okay. Like that the weather, that the mud, the rain, all these conditions that you were feeling good. You almost had to lie to yourself because yeah. no one was feeling good. Which is a what you have to do a lot of the time in running and yeah. distance running. And, and this is something I do. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like I, I'll joke around with you guys and I'll be like, my legs feel amazing right yeah, now. It's, it's like the biggest. But like, they don't. It's speaking into <laughs> yeah. existence like 100%. That's what you have to do in running. Because like, at the end of the day, like we don't feel good most of the time, but we have to like train through that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think like it. Not like I'm trying to psych my teammates out, but I think like when I say that, people are just like, oh my God, like he must feel really good. Yeah, exactly. No, you psych me out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, oh man, I don't want to talk about this, but we, we will talk about this. The, Trusty and I have gone head to head a few times. One time in particular was probably the most standout. The distance medley. The distance relay. medley relay of what is that? 2018. 2019? 2019. So Trusty and I are on different teams. Um, my team thinks we can win the DMR. His team thinks they can win the DMR. Uh, we had just I, gone up and we had just gone up against each other in the mile before. And I, you had only clipped me by a it second. It was very I think. close. It was very close. We were chasing someone down, and we both closed very hard. Yeah, and we you, got second and third. You had a 3k under your legs though, yeah, on I top did. of the prelim. I had nothing. So I'm thinking, oh my god, we're gonna win this DMR. I get the baton, what would you say, 15 meters? 10? 10, I'd say 10. 10. I was so determined to drop you, it wasn't even funny. I I don't even remember my first split. I might have gone out in like a 59. I remember because I heard the split from my teammate, 
uh, you went out in a 28 second 200, which is very quick for anyone who does not run the mile. Um, <laughs> also, as the last event of a big weekend, it's it was ballsy. And I remember I, you went out and I got a little bit discouraged for a second, but then I heard your split and again, it was the biggest confidence booster because I knew that you could not hold this pace if you're going to continue it. So I, stuck wow. my, I held my ground. <laughs> that hurt a little. It's almost, well, you would have broken some sort of record if you would have <laughs> kept that pace. Well, this year, let me tell you, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this year after this, but this year I felt much better. Oh, trust me and I were on the same team though. I think so, that's it. So I, I think, do you remember... When you caught up to me, it was probably at 800, right? Uh, yes, Halfway. I think 800, yeah. yeah so, so I have, I'm thinking, all right, I had to make him catch up. And I, I wasn't thinking too much about the splits, but I'm like, when it comes down to it, this kid has had a lot on his legs. And I, I told him this before the race. I, I wasn't trying to psych him out, but I said, oh, Trusty, you've run a lot this weekend. And you've told you've talked about this a number of times. You're like, why were you saying that? Why were you yeah. trying to get into my head? And I was like, yeah. bro, I wasn't. I was just saying you had a lot of races on your because legs. Because we were on the line about to go off. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about the whole warm up, you warm up an hour. There's a lot of mental games that go into that and like a lot of mental preparation. So I feel like when you're on the line, you And then finish, your biggest competition comes up to you and, be, and goes tries, like, tries to bro, you've, you out. you've run a lot of races in the past 24 hours. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. That's but, it, but, <laughs> but All right. Got, so let's bring it back. 800 meters. I'm still going. I don't know what my split was. I'm still going like in the 410 range like yeah. i i'm moving we're, we're not like it's jogging for a dmr no um we have dropped everyone at this point we are lapping people that are trying to hold on and dropping them yeah yeah um and so i think with like maybe with three laps to go i was hurting a lot and for you guys that don't know our our, our, our conference holds their meets at Ocean Breeze, which is only 10 minutes from Wagner College. So all of Wagner, it felt like, was there cheering for you. Yep. Yeah. Well, when I lose, when I'm hurting, I lose my form. I look disgusting. You can definitely tell on your face and your body. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so all I hear is, Trusty, he's dying. <laughs> and all I could think to myself was, oh, my God. I'm dying. <laughs> I felt terrible. And all I hear is just the whole entire crowd get loud. And with, it had to have been like less than 400 meters to go. You just unleashed. Books it. it, yeah. Yeah. You had to have closed in like, I gave up at some point, but you were closing hard. I think it was like a 58, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. But I, I did. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big, I knew that if I could just hold on to you, I knew that I, I had it. I knew that I had it. And then I got the confirmation with the splits and then obviously the crowd is behind me. And it was the last race, so I kind of just gave it. And, I, and when I caught up to you, I, it was over. You could like you could hear my breathing? I could hear your breathing. Anyone could. I think anyone could hear I, your breathing. <laughs> I heard your footsteps. I was, I was nervous. I still had the confidence, though. I was like, there's no way this kid is going to do it. And, and let me tell you something right now. You are the most talented runner I have ever like raced or trained with. There's things you do in practice that like I am sometimes just like how like I like this is gonna sound conceited. I am very talented and like I'm usually much better than everyone else I train and race against. But you by far there's things you do that I just don't think I could ever do. 
You dropped like a 150, what was it, 154 to close an 800 workout once? I, that blew my mind. Yeah. I'd never think in a million years I could do that. Uh, I'm, I'm, You're so smooth. Unspec- unspec- it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, so, so I did not know these things before this race. And I like naively tried to drop him. And it did not end well. But this year, I'm going to bring it back to this yeah. year. Yes. This is my glory year. DMR again. I'm anchoring. I get the baton in like, I had to have been in fifth place, right? It was a big pack. There was like five bodies. Yeah. yeah so you were probably fifth, but it was close. Like I, I was honestly nervous about this race. I thought you would have been the prime candidate to anchor our relay. Yeah, because we had, you know, the last previous, I don't know how many years, like we were always in first. There was only one year that we got second, but for the past like four or five years, we got gold and, you know, that was a challenge that year. Yeah. And it was it, your old team. Mount it St. felt Mary's. like the whole entire meet was coming down to the DMR. Yeah. It was like close. I think we would have won regardless, but it was a close meet. You, well, I don't know if we should ever talk about the 5K, but the 5K was a, a special event. Let's say that. You ran it. So, I did. And um, that's why you couldn't be in the DMR. Less than fond memories about the 5K, but great memories. Of <laughs> Do you remember the your 5K. time? You were 14 something, right? 1459. 14.59. It was one of the most pain I've ever been in because it, my leg cramps up in that race. I've never, I've actually never seen Trossy this tired before. It was pain. I wanted to, st- it was one of those I wanted to stop from 400 meters. Like I, I knew it was going to be bad from the second or third lap. It was horrible. Yeah. You, well, I will stop talking about how tired you are. <laughs> <laughs> you looked awful. I did. I did. Yeah. But fourteen fifty nine is not bad, especially indoors. On, uh, what was that your fourth event? It was. I think I counted it. It was like fifty six laps in total. So Jeez. that was after two one miles and a three k. So it was. I wonder a what lot. the average two hundred pace you were going for all those laps was. Yeah, no, it's a good question. It's probably thirty. Two three seconds. Oh man. That is insane. That is mental when you think about it. It, it was a crazy weekend. It was a yeah. crazy weekend. So so back to the DMR. We one of our guys on the DMR. We handed off in in Fifth, first. Oh, oh, from the the first leg. For first leg. In first. Uh, we gave the the stick to our four hundred runner. He got toasted, by the way. Um, <laughs> one of our other uh, one of the other teams in our conference had a really good 400 like like a 47 yeah yep. and most dmr is like i don't know if you know anything about the collegiate system but like you just put a random distance runner on it and expect like a 50 51 so having a 47 that's like a four second lead right off the bat like we we got put we got, i think we got put into like fifth or six mm-hmm. um and then we gave it to one of our other teammates jonathan Besslink. we've talked about him uh earlier in this podcast he had just run the 5k and he had run like 1440 something, correct? Yep, yep. Crazy. And I'm looking, waiting for the baton. He's been sitting in sixth place this entire time. I'm like, the race is all over. It did not look good. He, looked, he looked so far back. I turn to get the baton and I look back at him one last time. Somehow he had caught up to the entire field. Like we were, I was within two seconds of the leader, still in like fourth or fifth place, but we were right there again. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. It he, was a cra- he ran, it was crazy. He ran what, 156? 156, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which, you know, After, very, this is 10 minutes? No. 20, 20, maybe 20 minutes, but regardless, it was the recovery was so minimal. Yeah. He was he puts on for his teammates, let me tell you. that That's a special kid right there. Um, So I get the baton in, like, fourth place, and I'm, like, determined to not lose it for Wagner. Wagner's won it four years in a row, and I have 
vivid nightmares from 2019. <laughs> but uh, I felt amazing. I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why I felt amazing, but way better than I did in previous years. And we somehow pulled it out for the win. But now I know how you felt. With 200 meters to go, I dropped my old teammate, who I'm friends with, and the whole entire stadium. It felt like they was cheering. Yeah. And in complete contrast from the year before, where Trusty is ripping with 300 meters to go and destroying my life. I finally got to feel how you felt. <laughs> Oftentimes, it's so much better to be in second or third, fourth, even fifth in place than being in front. Because oh, yeah. when you lead that DMR race, it is such a different Well, you saw animal. the national meet. That Was that that year or the year before? Uh, the year, no, no, the year it, you, it was that year. The it year was that you, year. <laughs> I got the baton in first place by 10 or 15 meters and you destroyed me. That year, someone, I think Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa, Iowa State. State got the baton had to have been a hundred plus meters. It was incredible. It was incredible lead. And he lost it. He this kid ran like 402, too. The, the, yeah, he did it. He did not run a that's a very like slow leg. But on all, video, it looked like he was just jogging. Right, because I mean like the guys behind him are just some of the best milers that college has ever like yeah, they, the, the NCAA has ever produced. I so, think they stacked their first legs. They knew yeah. that they wanted a huge lead and that this kid could run four flat and like they thought they would be good. Which they should have been. Like Yeah. The- On paper <laughs> and watching it, you're like, there's no way Iowa State loses this race. Yeah. They anyone, anyone, lost. Anyone I don't even think they got ninth. Anyone who's not seen it like needs to look this up like right now. I think it's yeah, 2019 NCAA DMR. Indoor DMR. It was Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Y'all read Nagoose, three fifty two, I believe. Yeah, it was something crazy, and then behind something him was Grant uh, Fisher. Yeah, imagine Fisher ran three fifty two to anchor that. Imagine losing. I know, incredible. That's unfortunately that's what he does. Yeah, that is that is a tough. He toes people. Everyone except first place. <laughs> Everyone except first because he keeps getting second. This keeps happening to him. Oh yeah, I've been there actually. The, I was be- I have been there before because the first place I've ever gotten in the conference was the DMR. I've always lost to Trosti every year. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. But now we're on the same team, so uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if there's like a secret, a secret reason to why he chose Wagner mm. over any of the team. That's, a, that's an interesting Open topic. for speculation, but, um, but on a final note. YouTube. This year, I we've chatted about this for a while. We've chatted about a podcast for a while. And finally we are 49 minutes and 35 seconds into this. I love how it's going so far, but he's going to attempt to sub four mile this year. I don't think anyone's documented the whole process of training every day in and out and like the race and, and all these ups and downs. I know one YouTuber, Spencer Brown has done some documentation of it, but I don't, I so far from what I know, no one's, no one's brought you through like, a four low milers process of breaking four in that season. So, so that's something that I think we should really touch on. Yeah, I mean, so the athlete special did the backwards step. So he he broke the four minute mile, and then he kind of he kind of told his story of how he did it. But it would be obviously very nice to kind of document it and have that have that whole journey. You know, yeah. I think that is very unique for sure. Yeah, and and I think I'm I'm not sure how we would do it, but I think like. I think that's our next step. So yeah, we'll, right. we'll we'll end the podcast here in a second and close everything off. But 
We still need to figure out what we're doing with this podcast, I guess. There's lots to go over. Yeah. In the world of running and and otherwise. And we're just getting started. Yeah. So stay tuned for what we call it, episode two? Episode two. Episode two. Yep. All right. That is that is us signing off. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for, for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye.